0: Welcome to What Makes Us Human, a podcast series from Cornell University's College of Arts and Sciences. While we might think we know what it means to be human, researchers across fields are finding surprising new insights all the time. In this series, we bring you Cornell's leading researchers to showcase the newest findings about what it means to be human in the 21st century.
1: I'm Trevor Pinch, Goldwyn-Smith Professor of Science and Technology Studies at Cornell University. We humans often define ourselves by contrasting humans to machines and technology. But the boundary between human and machine is not so clear. Human experience has become more and more technologically mediated, from wearing spectacles to all sorts of prosthesis and other technological, neuro, and pharmacological enhancements. It's also true that the world of technology and machines contains inescapable traces of the human. As an obvious example, I typed this piece I'm reading today on a laptop computer with a keyboard layout known as QWERTY, Q-W-E-R-T-Y, after the arrangements of letters on the six upper left-hand letter keys. This less-than-optimal keyboard was taken over from a technology and the skills needed to use it essentially earlier, namely the typewriter. Human skills, activities, and assumptions about what humans want are embedded throughout the machine world. My field of science and technology studies has a name for the pervasive troubling of the boundaries between humans and machines. We call it, rather grandly, post-humanism. Where we draw the line separating technology from humans changes from context to context. Take a major technological accident, for example. Is the Challenger space shuttle disaster to be blamed on the leaking O-rings, these are seals between different sections of the solid rocket fuel boosters, or on the engineers who designed, built, and tested the O-rings? Humans suddenly start appearing We want to point the finger of blame, while perfection often is attributed to the machine. The recent discovery of the pharmacological enhancement of the soldiers in the Nazi military for their widespread use of methamphetamines shows us wanting to find pure humans again. Somehow, if the German army was boosted by drugs, they can, for some, start to look a little less culpable. Many scholars point to the ways that the human and non-human have become fully entangled in our complex post-human world. We say, my computer crashed, rather than, my keystrokes led to computer failure. And our planet and its Anthropocene is bearing inescapable human traces. Even the law can ask whether trees should be given rights. The distinction between humans and other species also starts to become blurred. Who decides what counts as human or non-humans? The answer can be found in institutions. For instance, there's a trade law dispute over whether figures such as X-Men are human-like enough to merit the category doll or whether they should be classed as a toy with a much lower tariff. We continue to argue about the definition of the human within the university too. Some science and technology scholars have been making the case that the entanglement thesis has gone too far. Although what counts as language and who has it is up for debate, we can tell, hopefully, that it's a human rather than a monkey who wrote this piece. It is language which separates humans from other species and non-humans. And so ultimately, the very conceptual schemes which allow us to postulate posthumanism are produced, ironically, by humans. Which brings us full circle, inviting us again to question what is purely human and to remember that the boundary between humans and non-humans shifts from culture to culture and context to context.
0: Join us for another edition of What Makes Us Human, brought to you by the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. For more essays and podcasts, visit us online at as.cornell.edu forward slash humanities.